<laughs> the newness is sort of how you feel every day. So much stuff gets undone, and then you realize why the relief that you seem to have available now wasn't available. That's all it is, really, a lot of reverse engineering. So you know the problem from the solution. From the problem, you may not even think there's a problem. Yeah? You may think you have problems, but you will not think about the problem. But from the solution, it tells you very clearly why the solution didn't seem available. And it's a sense of being a self, you know, the sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity which has a starting point and an end point and that we're moving inexorably to an end from a beginning. And people very rarely even sense this, the influence of time here. It's incredible. They don't have a sense of how much driven we're by time, by time we're driven. You watch when people are driving, it's all based on time. Yeah, they're all, they're willing to die to try to get somewhere a little earlier. It's really because someone cut me off tonight. It was like, if I would have sped up, they would have, we would have had a little sandwich with a truck, her and me. Yeah? But, and where was she going? To fucking the mall in Terralinda? I mean, was it really that important? <laughs> you don't take your life in your hands. You see, we don't see how we are is predicated by so many fucking other things. There's a belief, an assumption that we're an island unto ourselves, but that's not even close to what's happening. So, if you really feel a little bit of disease and discomfort, then this is a good place to come because uh, there is a solution, but the solution isn't available to you. It's only available as you. It's it. It's not available to you. This is what happens in this in this topic called non-duality. People want the non-duality to be a solution to them. The non-duality is a solution as them. Yeah. That you wanting to get it is the essence of duality. <laughs> the non-duality is you are that which you're looking for. That's the non-duality. Yeah. When you have a drive to get non-duality, that's duality, attempting to interpret non-duality. It's not going to go anywhere. Has it gone anywhere? No, it hasn't, so it's definitely not going to go anywhere. <laughs> hey, come on. It's all right. Don't worry. It's just my God door. It's, it's allergic to spiritual seeking, so... <laughs> come here, come here. Yes, he's a... Come over here. People are going to wonder what. Yes, we're having the talk at a dog kennel tonight. We can't pay the rent for the usual place, so we're in a dog kennel. <laughs> Ruby, you got a little upset by intruders. So, welcome. Have you ever heard of this message? Zen Bitchot? No? Do you just come with this lovely person next to you? Well, I've seen one of your videos. Oh, you've seen one of my videos. Then okay. you've seen them all, <laughs> basically. <laughs> this is the room is lopsided to this end. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> all right, well, 
I'll start it, then I'm gonna, I'm just gonna present an educational message, alright? If you're interested, to me I call everything I'm speaking about we frame as selfing. So selfing is the mental processes in the act of being identified as a self. And the feeling of a self is a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. A body, yes, basically. An inanimate body that's animated by presence. And now the body is is said to be the one that's present. That's the misidentification. So all you think about is you as a body. All you think about, when you think about you, you're seen as a body by the thought system. Yeah? So if you're listening to your story in your head, it, you're pictured as a body. And when you're listening to what could possibly happen to you and I in the future, you're pictured as a body. Yeah? So the thought system, the perceptions, the memories, they're all part of what I call a mental process. And that process is constantly in the act of being identified as a self. So there's the act of being identified, and then people think there's a self that they're identified with. But the whole, it's a whole verb. The act of being identified as a self. You're not a self. That's the beautiful news, yeah? If you've ever had a luck or unluck where you've seen someone you knew dead, and you see them and, and their body is inert, you realize that wasn't them, yeah? Like I had it when I was nine years old, a very direct hit. Uncle Fred passed away. My mother took me to the fu- funeral. She wanted me to say goodbye to Uncle Fred. I wasn't that keen on that idea, but I went up to the casket and I looked in and I saw the body that I used to call Uncle Fred, but I realized that ain't Uncle Fred. <laughs> you know, it was there was no thought. It was just bang. That ain't Uncle Fred. And then in hindsight now, I can see why I would assume the body was Uncle Fred, because I was assuming what I am to be the body, yeah? I was assuming the animating principle, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, I was assuming that to be the body. So obviously that assumption I lent over to my experience of Uncle Fred. While Uncle Fred was alive, I thought what was alive, the Uncle Fred was the body. But when I just saw the body without the, the uh, passenger or the driver, it was obvious that wasn't Uncle Fred. Yeah? So this is it. See, if you can see it, you're not going to be looking from it. And if you're looking from it, you're never going to fucking see it. It's just that simple. Yeah? If you're looking from the identification as a body and you try to find spirit from there, it's never going to happen humbly. Yeah? Because you are spirit. You cannot find what you already are. You can only be what you already are. And my humble opinion is we're always being what we already are. We just don't think so. And the whole emphasis is on thinking. The only thing that can make it seem not so that your spirit is thinking that you're not so. That's the only possibility that could present that case. Yeah? Your own experience, which when you were a kid, would tell you. Yeah? 
when you see a baby flailing around, that has no sense of being a self, nor does it see anyone else as other. It's just there, completely there. It's so there that it's really attractive. Yeah? So when you look in the eyes of that baby, it's not like you're seeing Charlie. You're seeing everything. You know, they're awake. Yeah? That hasn't changed. That same awakeness hasn't dimmed at all, nor has it brightened. It's always available at all times. In a sense, whatever we think has happened here is we thought it happened here. <laughs> so the act of, of being identified as a self is an activity the mental state's involved in. So a great, a great master, Ramana Hashi, in most of his writings would say it say it in a lot of different ways, but basically what he said was there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing. Yeah? This, this does not exist on its own. Unless the breath of life in it, it's not moving, it's not seeing. This eye, if I'm dead, isn't seeing the damn thing. You could take it out, if you could do an eye transplant and put it in a live body and would facilitate seeing. But it has to have life to see. Yeah? It's not seeing a damn thing. It facilitates seeing. Something is seeing through the eye, but the eye ain't seeing anything. Yeah? That to me just gives such a sense of fucking avalanche of sense feltness when you realize you've been mistaken completely about what's going on here. And if that can be corrected, which has never not been corrected, <laughs> It doesn't need to be corrected. None of this has ever happened. Your taking yourself to be a body hasn't made you a body. You can only seem to think you're a body for, for maybe 80 years, 90 years, but inevitably there's going to be forgetting of you as a body. Yeah? And when you forget you as a body, it's like you never had remembered you as a body. That's how, that's how incredibly complete the answer is. When you get a hit of what's going on, you realize nothing else has ever been going on. Yeah? Nothing, all the shenanigans I was involved with haven't left one mark on what is. Not one. There's not one blemish. From all the blows that I took or I gave, there's not one blemish on what is. And the beauty of it is, it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary. You can play the gatekeeper to your own kingdom. That's basically what the mental state's doing. It wants to put tolls on it, wants to fucking say, no, you cannot enter unless you jump through 80 hoops, and then when you do the 80 hoops, it adds a few more hoops, and then you're constantly like, if those kids are, who's being driven crazy by that sadistic, like, adult at the party where they hide something in the bushes and hot and cold and the, guy, the person's going, all right, we're getting warm, you're getting warm, and then, oh, you're fucking cold. <laughs> There's nothing there. They get warm too. What's looking is what you're looking for. That's the longest scripture in the world. What's looking is what you're looking for. Boom. <laughs> Now, the mental state would like to turn it into a scripture with 800 pages, which would be, what's looking, and 800 pages of what you have to do <laughs> to become what you're looking for, 
But St. Francis cut all of that middle part of the book out and just went, what's looking? Yeah, not who's looking. What's looking is what you're looking for, like right now. The what is seeing right now, I hold it as it's me looking. That's the dilemma. And it has to be thought about. I don't, I cannot make the leap from I'm seeing to being the you that's looking. The bridge is thinking. (laughs) It's all about thinking. The thinking makes it seem to be so. As Jesus says, as you think so you are, basically. They forgot another sentence, which is, yet you're not. (laughs) So as you think so you are, yet you're not. So there's a perfect... The church probably cut that off because that's their whole business plan is to play a role in... <laughs> so that third part of the sentence had to be chopped off. <laughs> but as you think, so you are, and you're not. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens? How are you going to pull yourself away from thinking? if you believe the thoughts are about you or you're the thinker of them. You're like married to them. <laughs> you can't divorce them. A thought can't divorce the other thoughts. Yeah? So there's a thought that you're the thinker of all the other thoughts. Yeah? It's like the Dracula going out on vampire hunts. Kills all the other vampires, but it's protected completely because no one assumes it's a vampire. Why would Dracula kill other vampires? But the thought is now think is now proclaiming that it's the thinker. <laughs> so <laughs> if you would look at that one thought, I swear you'd get more relief than trying to change all the other millions of thoughts that are going to come after it. You really you would. If you could just take the one nub off, the one crucial part, which is not I've got to control my thinking it's not I have to change my thinking it's just see you're not the thinker yeah, and then you'll come, you'll have peace with the thoughts, they're fucking insane, they're built on an insane premise so they're totally, completely totally loyal to that insane premise when you buy the insane premise you think they're logical you think it makes sense to constantly be thinking about five years ago, <laughs> eight years ago. Somehow, like a forensic unit, you're going to find some, some clue that's going <laughs> to annul the guilt you felt for the last eight years. <laughs> some story. But it's dead. It never even really happened. And then all the worrying about someone in the future, you're not even going to feel like the someone you're going to feel like. Because this is totally, totally in flux. Like the personality that's worrying about itself, projected in the future, won't be the personality. So you're really worrying about a fucking complete stranger. (laughs) All day. Tons of hours just going over. What's going to happen to me? You're not even going to me that it's going to happen to. You're going to be another fucking version of the me. Yeah. <laughs> Yet, what seeing hasn't changed whatsoever. I got my zipper down. Jeez, I just realized that. I was, in a, I was assuming I was airtight, but I wasn't. <laughs>
<laughs> this is such a great it's such a relief I swear you couldn't believe it could you imagine if something could trigger an ability that seems to be unavailable to us where you would travel lighter over the geography of your action figure life yeah. Not ch- it doesn't promise everything's going to change though it does it may get better it may get not but you'll travel lighter over it all yeah, so if your friend has cancer, you'll travel lighter through it. If someone you love leaves you, you'll travel lighter through it. It doesn't mean you're going to escape the slings and arrows of this place, but you'll travel lighter through it. And if, and if you had entertained that for many, many years, and you would come to the conclusion, basically, what more do you want, really? What more do you want than the innate ability to travel lighter through this place that could be very, very heavy, or it can be light? But if you see the basic, if the basic line or baseline of your life is irritable, restless, and discontent, yeah, and that you watch the head that you're calling you, and you know that the head, when something good is happening, gets suspicious in about 15 minutes, but when, like a thought or an ill-ease feeling comes, it says it's the christening of a lifelong depression, you've got to realize, I don't want to live under that Turkish taffy fucking czar, you know what I'm pulling? Because the good gets fucking shortened and the, the seeming bad gets elongated. Do I want to live day after day in that? No, that to me is slavery. It's so unbelievably blatant. Watch it. Watch if something's going well. Let's say someone you've wished to like suddenly likes you. How long can you fucking enjoy it before the critique comes up? Jesus, they're going to find out what? You know what I mean? I'm an asshole. So what? Yeah? All this. But then, if you have, you know, the thought says, you know, you're going to have a terrible time, you believe it's going to extend for three fucking months. There's, there is no objectivity in that. The good is getting shortened, and then the seeming bad gets elongated all day. All day, what's happening goes, whoot, yeah, and whoot. It's like an accordion, and you've got an insane fucking, and you're the monkey, basically, and the play is insane. It's like, it's, it's lingering on the bad notes and shortening the good notes all day. To the point where the best you can hope for is binge watch on Netflix, you know, with a pint of Agendas. It's come to that. I can't go out anymore. Fuck. I saw it with my mother, and it was no joke. I saw my mother become an alcoholic in her 40s after my father died. And this lady used to take all my, all my siblings and me, I was the youngest, to the beach. She worked. She would take us to the beach after work, and and we'd be there for the sun for the sunset. And we she'd be in there swimming with us and everything. After a few years of active alcoholism, she just came home and laid on the couch and drank Schaefer beer every night, every night. And I'd come home. The TV was on so low because she was afraid it was disturbing the neighbors. And then I'd come sneak up there just so I could hear it. You know, I didn't want to sit like a half a foot, you know. And as soon as I put the volume up, she woke up. What are, you, what are the neighbors going to think? I thought, what are the neighbors going to think? They're about to sleep. It's like, a, you know, a driveway away. 
But that's what she lives. You see that what happened? This thought system wants to have a life and you're offering it one. It wants to switch life is happening and give you life's happening to you, basically. It wants to it wants to minimize life is happening and then maximize the story that it's happening to you. And then you start feeling a lack and therefore you start shooting coke or you're jumping off of bridges with bungee things or you're driving super fast somehow to get an exhilarating feeling to, to prove that you're alive because you feel like you're freaking dead, basically. So this mental parasite, and it is a mental parasite, that's what it is, the original, the, the original takeover is the mental process of addiction to being a someone. And then that irritability, restlessness, and discontent demands a seeking for relief, and that seeking for relief is misdirected. Instead of getting freedom from the sense of self, you try to get free as the sense of self. I shot a lot of cocaine, and basically the whole driving force for every one of those shots was trying to get out of myself. That was the whole drive. Yeah, I wanted to be free as that I as that which I wanted to be free from. And you know, I just had a freaking itch in me. When, like, I first did LSD when I was 13 or something, 14 or whatever, it blew my mind, literally. And, I, you know, you get the sense of plastic people, but what I really got a sense was, this was a fabricated, motherfucking, synthetic event. That's the sense I had. And I've never lost that sense. I, I got, I got, I became privy to something that was going on that I was totally unaware of. And that, and that created an itch in me for some freaking reason. Like, if I'm getting fucked, I want to know why I'm getting fucked, basically. The fucking may continue, but I'd like to know exactly why. You know, and I have an interest in it, an extreme interest. I want to see why is this happening the way it seems to be happening. And what I've humbly found out is there's an identification as a mental phantom. And that identification has now become the Alpha and the Omega on our life. And we're not really living life, we're living through an interpretation of life. And in this interpretation, yesterday and tomorrow have much more value than right now. Yeah. Looking good has much more valuable than actually being good. Yeah. The whole system is askew. And it's all insane if you... But it makes total sense if the insanity of it, of the system isn't seen, all of the activity of the system will make total sense. But I found the insanity was the act of being identified as a self. And the beautiful point was, you could never be a self, nor are you ever going to become a self. But the mental state is constantly in the act of being identified as the self. So when you're listening to the mental state, it's very easy to believe you are already that which it's implying you are. Yeah? You feel like 
So here, this is what happens. So there's the seeing, there's the hearing, there's the feeling, there's the tasting, there's the touching. Then the mental state arises and says, you're the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? So now, when the seeing's occurring, I don't get a real sense of the seeing. All the interest attention is on the seer and the seeing. I don't get the sense of the verbing. I get the sense of the nouns involved. And the nouns are made up. So the seer becomes the dominant thing. So this seer is the act of claiming tons of seeing by the mental state. The mental state has claimed tons of seeing to imply one thing, that there's a seer. That's what it does. Whatever it comes in contact with, it claims for one point only. It's like a herd of tailless, tailless donkeys, and it puts a tail on each one of them, and that tail's pointing to this phantom you. So a thought, just like this, this is a, a bottle. Everyone sees it at the bottom. Yeah? Now, I can change its, I can change its agenda. It's my bottle. So now the bottle is being used to point to the owner of the bottle. So when I see the bottle, and I go, this is my bottle, it's being used to point to me. Same thing with every freaking thought. Here's a thought, just like a bottle, then it's held as my thought. Now the thought's constantly pointing to the thinker. Yeah? And it doesn't stay there. Feelings. Oh, yeah, feelings. feelings. My feelings. So now, I've had tons of feelings. Most of them were unnoticed, but yet they've all been acclaimed, and it accumulates into this one fucking phantom, the feeler. That I am the feeler. So, this is like a glove that you're feeling something through. The glove ain't feeling anything. It's the hand that's feeling it. The hand is the animating thing. The glove is covering the hand. So everything I touch, when you identify it as a glove, the glove says, I'm touching it. But the glove isn't touching it. It's touching it because of the hand. But it's not what's having the sensation of feeling. It moves through the glove, yeah, to the hand. And then the hand is what's having a feeling. Now you have a thick, thick glove, and let's say the thick glove in this example is identification as a self. Now the feeling never gets back to the hand. The glove says, I'm the one who's feeling, and it's a thick glove, and it says, everything feels fucking rough and thick. Everything. Everything it feels, feels the same freaking way. And now you start, what, where's the hell, what's going on here? And then you, you but the glove is inherently rough. Everything it touches, the ass of a baby feels just as rough as a fucking, you know, half-mowed lawn or something. I don't know where that came from. You know, something hard. Everything gets interpreted from the glove. Yet the hand is what's animating the whole event. So, but it's now stuck, seemingly, with this interpretation of life from the glove's point of view. And now it wants to be free from the glove, but as the glove, because it's identified as a glove, and it hasn't entertained a possibility, you can just go... <laughs> because figures, i got to get out of this as this. So it's, the glove's got to go with me. If I'm going to escape from the glove, the glove's got to go with me. <laughs> That's not escaping from the glove. But if you see or not, it can just possibly entertain the idea. It may lead to you seeing that you're not the glove. Yeah? So now, while you're feeling, and 
the glove is interpreting, everything is rough, at least you have a sense of what you are while you're living through this interpretation. There's a sense of what you are as that living, animated presence. Yeah? You're not, you haven't been deadened by the glove. Even though the glove is going to constantly keep interpreting, you won't be listening to it anymore. You'll hear it because you're awake, but you're not going to listen to it anymore. You're going to get every like the news feed on your computer about glove world and glove life. You're going to see it, and you may see a lot of gloves walking around who are completely sold that they're gloves. But the fact is, you now sense you can see the glove instead of looking from the glove. Hey, hey uh, Mark, can you close that door? Yeah. That's exactly it. And you see the thing, the glove has a lock. Because let's say the hand wants to get out of the glove, but it still thinks it's the glove. Yeah? So now, the hand, it goes, all right, I've, I've just read an old book about the hand's great journey out of the glove. And I'm going to fucking, I'm signing up. First I've got to buy a ticket and go to some extreme altitude, fucking rural area of, let's say, Tibet or somewhere. All right? But now, all the while, you're now thinking you're the hand, but you're still, <laughs> you're still as the glove. So now the glove is going to fall into the second lock, which is the glove seeking to get out of the glove. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happened a lot a lot of people have rushed into spirituality let's say but they missed the first point of let's say Buddhism which is in the Eightfold Noble Path which is hey the right view is like the first right you know, they have eight different rights right view, right meditation, right livelihood and the right view is non-self yeah? the right view is you're not a glove <laughs> So, if, if you can see that, then when the glove sits to meditate, to get out of the glove, you'll see it, and you'll see that you're inherently free. That there's no process you need to engage with to become what you already are. All you need to do is see what you're not, and you have the quality of always seeing. The seeing that we are is never, ever not seen. So whatever arises, it can be seen from what's seeing whatever arises. Yeah? And so now, the glove keeps on acting like it's you. The thought system is going to keep... The thought system is going to keep implying... When you think about what you are from the thought system, you're not going to see a void when you go back to 2012. Oh, there I am, the void. No, the thought system is going to keep picturing you as a body. Why waste fucking any time trying to convince it otherwise? It's a failed system. Its whole system is to do exactly what it's going to do. And it's going to keep doing it. So now, the glove stays on. Who fucking cares? <laughs> so I found humbly after all these years of whatever that without this being seen it's going to be like a shadow 
hovering over whatever you do. And I really humbly believe you're not going to glove yourself out of the glove. Yeah? I don't believe you're going to meditate yourself out of the meditator. I don't think you're going to think yourself out of the thinker. I don't think you're going to feel yourself out of the feeling. Yeah. It hasn't happened for many of us. Why would you expect it to happen? <laughs> but what's always happening that's never been adulterated or changed or affected by anything that's going on. The real freedom we would like to look for is where we're looking from. We're inherently free from the bondage, let's say, of the glove. Yeah. The hand hasn't turned into the glove. As soon as the hand sees, hey, I'm not the glove, what's the next possibility? I can get out of the glove, and that's what happens, yes? But all the while, if you identify it as the glove, when you entertain freedom from the glove, you'll entertain it as a glove. That's why it's not freaking working. You can't get out of what you're not in. The hand is not a glove. It's period. So, this message is just to point out the simplicity of what's always available at all times, right where you are, which is the inherent condition, which we would say from this point of view as being freedom, but there's nothing to be free from, so it's something other than freedom. Yeah. But from there, you'll see the problem, and the problem is only an activity. And for it to seem really to be so, you've got to believe it. You are the reality. Dreaming. Like we say in AA, for a great acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Isn't that what's happening throughout the day in your head? But how could false evidence ever appear real unless it appears real to what's real? I would say you and I are what's real. Let it in and see. Let it in and don't let a period stop the entertaining of it. Just it's in already. You can serve the spiritual subpoena. Yeah. You'll be brought to the court of light and all your little seeming transgressions will be annulled. Yes, nothing ever really happened to you. Truly. The only thing that's been happening is you. Everything else has a level of seemingly happening to you. You're the only happening there is. It's just so beautiful, really. You know? So see the difference between thought and my thought. It's a huge difference. The my is where the weight is added to everything to the interpretation. So, we use an old example, but I think it works pretty well. You put money, health, and sex up there, everyone would respond to some, based on their condition concerning the topic. I'm going to change the word completely, but without changing any letter in the words. My money, my health, my sex. Like I use the example, hey, I'd love you all to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. You see the difference? That's happening all freaking day. You don't even see your hand in things. You're giving everything all the meaning it has all day. You're the dreaming of this dreaming. And we, we can use this dreaming to dream ourselves out of the dream. 
to me, this is, this is what happens at these meetings. We're dreaming ourselves out of the dreaming. Instead of dreaming ourselves more into the dreaming, we can use the dreaming to dream ourselves out of the dreaming. Questions? No? <laughs> How could you have a question, really? It's such a simple, lovely invitation. There's tons of videos on the website. Everything's for free. Go at it. I have faith in the message totally, really. A lot of people I know <coughs> who I've been seeing for a while can all say they're traveling lighter, which is awesome. My friends, some people I know are going through what you could see as very heavy situations. I believe they're traveling quite well through them. Yeah? Maybe a two years ago, three years ago, they wouldn't have. What changed? Nothing. The situation's the same. Something has changed. They're really, they're really the greatest variable of all, which is us. Because we can outshine circumstances and situations instead of playing a role of being outshined by circumstances and situations. Yes? Oh, I turned it on today. It's a big win for my week. Yeah, I think that's it, yes? Any questions? The guy in the back, do you have any questions? <laughs> I think the bus you're looking for is California Street. They threw me off. We're all bozos on this bus. Yeah, I'll turn them off.